This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Hi everyone and welcome to The 70s Show on ORFM. I'm Nasima, and here with me is Aisha and Lizzie playing some of your best music from the 70s. Today we have a lot in store for you. Showing you some greats such as The Stranglers, XTC and The Ramones. We also have a special guest from the local band New Step Parents, Lily Hamlin. So sit back and enjoy today's The 70s Show. Hi everyone, to start with today, we'll be playing you the 1979 hit Making Plans for Nigel off the album Drums and Wires by the English band XTC.
Right, so for any new listeners who are joining us, the song you were just listening to is named Making Plans for Nigel. Written by the band XTC, they were formed in the English town of Swindon in 1972, interestingly, first under the name Star Parks before changing it to Helium Kids the year after in 1973. They didn't land on the name we all know them to be today until a few years later, with the name XTC carrying them through the largest commercial hits, including the album Drums and Wires. In the 70s, they were groundbreaking in terms of their refusal to conform to a single genre, instead borrowing aspects from the punk rock, 60s pop, ska and dub music, with them even admitting to inspiration off of such major 70s bands such as the New York Dolls, which is personally my favourite, and the Sex Pistols, who we all know and love. The group saw great breakthrough with their first album, Drums and Wires, which was written by their bassist Colin Moulding in 1979, who was quoted in saying... I wanted to ditch the quirky nonsense and do more straight-ahead pop. And with that album was recorded in four weeks, leaving us with the breakthrough and t- song that we all just heard, Making Plans for Nigel. Now it's time for our first quiz question of the day. Be sure to join in and test your musical knowledge. In 1977, which musician dubbed the King of Rock and Roll died from a heart attack at age 42? Find out the answer after the break. Do you love vintage music? Yes? Then come down to Relics, where you'll find that we are the purveyors of musical artefacts. Here you can find hi-fi, CDs, records, DVDs, posters and more, for all of your musical needs. For Dunedin's best selection of vintage music, visit the store at 86 St Andrews Street, or visit the hi-fi store two doors down at 82 St Andrews Street, or alternatively, check them out online at www.relicsmusic.co.nz. That's www.relicsmusic.co.nz. Welcome back. This is 105.4 FM and you're listening to The 70s Show. Before the ad, we asked you all listeners at home which musician in 1977, dubbed the King of Rock, died from a heart attack at age 42. The answer, of course, is Elvis Presley. Right, so up next we have what I would consider to be one of the largest bands of the decade, The Stranglers. Being considered prolific and controversial because of their non-conformity to any one kind of music, they resurrected in Surrey, England, during the time of the punk era, but were never really a part of the scene. The band consisted of four members, all interestingly meeting, completely by accident after the drummer, Jet Black, was on a search for members to form a band. Mm, that's interesting. But did you know that before he was in the band, Jet Black, on this fleet of ice cream vans? Did you know that actually, like, that kind of reminds me of... Who's that ginger one of Harry Potter? Oh, the guy who played um Ron Weasley. Yeah, yeah, isn't it? Like, he, like, got, like, an ice cream van and he, like, sold ice cream for yeah. free using his money, like, he got from Harry Potter. I, sorry, I don't know. I just found that interesting. Like, mm, he did. Yeah. Imagine, like, going up to an ice cream van, though, and it's just, like, Ron yeah. Weasley or, like, <laughs> yeah. a member of, like, the Stranglers. <laughs> yeah, and they sold them to fund the band, but they kept one van, and that's what they were touring. Um, The group created controversy with some thinking they were not appropriate or suitable to be in the music scene. They created some of the largest commercial hits within the 70s and 80s, including Peaches, Golden Brown, and What's Up Next? No More Heroes.
tuning in. That was The Stranglers 1977 hit off of their album of the same name, No More Heroes. Two things we love on this show are music and the 70s and today we have someone who knows about both. Welcome Lily Hamblin, guitarist of the New Step Parents, an Otago Girls band who write and perform their own indie rock songs. Hey Lily, how are you today? I'm pretty good, thanks. Although I'm a little bit sick so sorry if I'm a bit croaky on recording. That's all good. Um, but uh, yeah, tell us about your band. So we're four Year 12 students, um, it's including me. I play guitar. I've got, we've got our lead singer, Emily, who plays guitar also, but she also sings. We've got Sam, who plays bass, and Mackenzie, who plays the drums. Our main genre is indie rock, and yeah, our name is New Step Parents. 
So how did your band come to be? It all started in um, music class last year in Year 11. We played a couple of covers together for credits for our Level 1 NCA, and then we realised we enjoy working with each other, so we decided to do a couple um, composition songs, and then it just kind of went off from there. Mm, cool. Um, what's your favourite song that you've performed so far? My favourite would have to be Amsterdam by Nothing But Thieves, mainly because it's a really hype rock song and it was always one of my favourites to play in front of elderly people. Um, are you planning on continuing music later in life? I definitely want to continue with music. It's one of my favourite subjects and I'm hoping to continue it for Year 13 as well, including the band. Um, and out of school, I'm hoping to go to university and do something along the lines of music. That's really cool. So, what's your favourite song from the 70s? Um, it would have to be I Don't Want to Go Down Into the Basement by the Ramones. Mm, that's a good one. What's the craziest thing you've experienced in life? Recently, it would probably have to be the fact that we're actually recording music. We've got um, a New Zealand artist, Amy Wolfs, come in to help us a lot, and she's helped improve our sound. And it's actually become... It's, it's just been really fun. That just sounds really cool. Um, and lastly, where can people find out more about your band? Um, we're currently very small at the moment, so I guess the best way to find out is to come talk to us, or maybe even our music teacher. We're currently working on an EP, hoping to release our new single somewhere different very soon. So, yeah. That's really cool. So that was Lily Hamlin from the New Step Parents. Thanks, Lily. That was so cool that we got to interview Lily Hamlin. Yeah. Honestly, like, the bands in Dunedin are really cool, especially New Step Parents. Did yeah. you? They're coming out with an EP soon. Did you see that? Yes. Um, one of the band members, members um, Emily, uh, on her Instagram story, I saw a little snippet of what the song is. Yeah, I heard that too. Oh my gosh, it sounds amazing. I'm really excited really to does. hear it. But like, to be fair, like, Dunedin's actually got some like real good bands. Like, I'm not gonna lie, like, the Rhododendrons, Bliss Point, you know, I've seen them, like, I've seen Bliss Point, like, a couple of times, Rhododendrons once, and they're actually, like, they put on a great show. Did like, you see that the Rhododendrons got, like, uh, some of their music on Spotify and, like, Instagram music, so yeah. you can put it on, like, your story now? That's yeah. so cool. Uh, yeah. yeah, Bliss Point's got one on there as well. Was it Ascension or something? I don't know. Oh, yeah, I, I remember. Good. But yeah, I saw that. Very good, though. Very That's good. so cool. Uh, anyway, now it's time for our second quest, quiz question of the day. Be sure to join in and test your musical knowledge. What four-person band, who are said to have revolutionised popular music and culture, broke up in 1970? Find out the answer after the break. Open from Tuesday to Friday at 9am to 5pm and 10am to 4pm on the weekends. Peeps Vintage and Art presents you with the best selection of hand-picked vintage streetwear from around the world and a community art gallery, art supplies and the best coffee around. Visit them in-store at 28 Marais Place, Dunedin Central or for more information you can find them on Instagram or Facebook at Peeps Vintage. That's at Peeps Vintage, spelled P-E-E-P-S-V-T-G. Welcome back. This is 105.4 ORFM, and you're listening to The 70s Show. Before the ad, we asked all you listeners at home the name of the four-person band who broke up in 1970 after revolutionising pop culture. The answer, of course, is the Beatles, who broke up at the beginning of the decade after all the members decided to pursue solo careers. Up next, we have the song I Don't Want to Go Down to the Basement by the Ramones. (laughs) 
The song we just played, I Don't Want to Go Down to the Basement, is the seventh song on the group's first album, self-titled Ramones, released in April of 1976. It's said to be inspired by horror movies, and at 2 minutes 30 seconds, it's actually the longest song on the album. Interestingly, there are only actually, like, three lines that they sing in yeah, the whole you, song. you can kind of, like, tell. And, like, oh, this song's kind of, you know, just blah, 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 you know. Like, yeah, it's kind yeah. of yeah. like that, but I, I like them a lot, yeah. It'd be pretty easy to write, though, like a three-line yeah. song. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I, I like it. The song do it. Song's it's really it. good. Yeah, and as you were saying before with um, the inspiration of horror movies, you can really see it in the lyrics they used. Unlike all of their other songs on the album that were titled that they want to do something, for example, I want to be your boyfriend, now I want to sniff some glue, and I want to be sedated. I don't want to go down to the basement was different and horrific in a way, as it is about how they didn't want to go down to the basement because there was something down there. Interestingly, like, actually there's like a link between the Ramones and another band we've like talked about earlier, the, you know, the Stranglers, who were played um, earlier, as I just said, <laughs> actually opened by the Ramones on a British tour. Um, this was actually in part the reason that the Stranglers were associated with punk rock. Yeah, the Ramones are often known as the first true punk rock group, although there are many elements of pop music in their songs. They've been mentioned in many assessments of all-time great rock music, such as number 26 in Rolling Stone magazine's list of the 100 greatest artists of all time, number 17 in VH1's 100 greatest artists of hard rock, and in 2002, the Ramones were ranked the second greatest band of all time by Spin, trailing only the Beatles. I think that one of actually the most interesting things about this band is their decision to adopt pseudonyms that all had the last name Ramon. Like, none of them were actually even related or had that name, but they were inspired by the Beatles member, Paul McCartney, as he would check into hotels using the name Paul Ramon. It's news time, baby! Um, I think it's very appropriate to talk about the Dawn Raids because they were a significant event that happened in the 70s. And if you haven't already heard, about a month ago, the Polynesian Panthers began calling on the New Zealand government to formally apologise for the Dawn Raids of the 1970s. I heard about that too, and it's actually very interesting be- Interesting because um, I never heard about the Dawn Raids before, and I didn't realise the amount of racism that Pacific community experienced in the 70s. So I actually saw the Polynesian Panthers, like, I went to one of their talks, and it was really, <laughs> yeah. really interesting, like, the amount of stuff that they went through, like, to get as far as they mm, did. Totally. Exactly. It was really inspiring. So for everyone who doesn't know what the Dorm Raids are, they were an event that happened from 1973 to 1976 in Auckland, in a Pacifica community in Auckland, where police officers would knock on doors in the middle of the night or early in the morning for an element of surprise and ask for identification to find illegal overstayers. But the reason why this was so wrong was because this was only targeted towards the Pacific community as they acted as a scapegoat for the reason why New Zealand's economy was declining. They were presented as monsters who stole real New Zealanders' jobs, even though they were encouraged to migrate to New Zealand to fill the major labour shortages. There was even a cartoon advertisement released um, for the National Party's campaign, which presented a brown person, which was a symbol for a Pacifica person, as a predator who starts fights with white people in bars and takes all of New Zealanders' jobs. And this advertisement led to National winning the campaign in the 70s, which just shows you how many people were influenced that this horrible stereotype of the Pacific community was correct. 
And this was beginning of the stereotype that still affects the Pacific community to this day. And it was based on a complete lie. Yeah, but what I found to be the most surprising was how even though the Dawn Raids eventually came to an end, the damage to the Pacific community had already been done, as the unemployment rate of Pacifica rose from 6% to 29%. And we can see that even today, in 2021, the socio-economic inequities facing Pacifica have persisted, as the Pacific unemployment rate is currently at 8.1%, twice that of Pakeha at 4.3%. That's crazy. I didn't really realise that the dawn rates were the reason why the Pacifica community has a higher unemployment rate. Mm, I can definitely see why, like, Polynesian Panthers want a formal apology by the New Zealand government. Yeah. 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 So one of the most popular events to watch in the 70s was the European Union singing competition Eurovision. And in 1974, one group one group won the world's hearts as they sang Waterloo on stage and won the competition. It catapulted them into the spotlight of the world. Waterloo was the group's first big hit and reached number one on ten billboard charts all around the world. The 70s provided a crucial decade for many groups, including and especially ABBA, who used this newfound fame to launch them into one of the best music careers, releasing many albums beloved by every generation and inspiring countless spin-offs, movies, and even an award-winning Broadway play. Um, it's June at the moment, which means it's Pride Month. Um, many countries around the world will be celebrating this with a Pride Parade, but did you know that the first ever Pride Parade was in 1970? It was actually called Gable Liberation Day, and it was held in New York, and it's a crucial part of LGBTQ history. The 70s was a pivotal decade for queer liberation, as it was between the sexual liberation movement and the beginning of dis and discovery of AIDS. So basically the 70s were actually a pretty decent time to be around if you were young and queer. That's our show for today, everyone. Um, thank you so much for listening to The 70s Show on ORFM. We hope you enjoyed this radio show by Lizzie, Aisha and Lucima. And yeah, have a have great, great day. day. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.